everybody. Welcome to Root Advice. This is episode, I believe, 45 of my podcast, and I want to thank everybody for joining. Right now, I am live on YouTube. I am live on TikTok. Hello, TikTok, where it all began three years ago when I uh, confessed a story about my previous marriage, and I blew up. Now, here it is, like 303,000 people. Hey, Daisy, how's it going? And now I'm YouTube, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitch. So everybody, welcome to Root Advice Live. And tonight, we're going to do something a little different. I uh, we reached out to a lot of my followers on Facebook and all platforms, and I asked them, what do you want to talk about? Any particular topic. So tonight, we're going to talk about viewer-specific topics. And if you're on TikTok, you can see them right there. We're going to talk about these topics in general. If you're on Facebook, you'll see them down below. But we're going to talk about uh, five topics. We're going to touch on co-parenting, uh, post-divorce, and dating, how complicated that can be. And I also added co-parenting with a narcissist. There's a few of you who are co-parenting with a narcissist. And honestly, my heart goes out to you. And I'm going to go into a lot of detail when it comes to that later on. Uh, somebody also asked me, um, can you address this? How do you know when it's time to move on? We're going to talk about that as well. We're going to talk about partners, your friend, excuse me, your husband or wife having friends of the opposite sex. That's a topic somebody wants to touch on. Also starting over after divorce. And this one is going to be the last topic. Realistic expectations on intimacy on, on either partner's expects as a whole. So we're going to talk about that as well. But right now, what I'd like to do before that, I'm going to call this new segment called a pregame. Uh, I'm just going to touch base with everybody to see how everybody's doing, just catch up on what I've been doing and what's latest things that are going on with my life. So again, if you're listening to this in the podcast format, again, I do the, this is on all listening platforms, Root Advice Podcast with Rudy A. I've been good. I have been good. I recently had the pleasure of finally meeting a, a fellow TikToker and friend, Angela Knight. She has a TikTok channel. Uh, you may know her. She had some brief run-in with uh, MLD. And I actually got to meet her this past weekend in Austin, where we were guests on the Peasant Party podcast, which is pretty good, hosted by Charlotte. So it was pretty, it was pretty fun. It's pretty cool. You know, you have a great friendship with somebody when you meet them in person and there's nothing different than what your conversations are online. So it was great to meet Angela. It was great to meet Charlotte. And I believe that episode will be airing pretty soon. Uh, I believe on uh, the Peasant Party podcast channel on YouTube in the next few days. I don't know when exactly, but it'll be up soon. Uh, but things have been going well for me. I got to confess to everybody. I, I really do this. I'm going to get a little personal here, okay? Uh, I've had a problem with my weight as of late. I really have. And I don't like it. Like, it, it's, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. One, being in a healthy relationship, right? I'm happy, so I'm getting lazy, right? Complacent. And two, I, none of my clothes are starting to fit anymore. And I'm wondering why that is because all, I still go to the gym, I don't eat bad. I kind of stopped drinking. So I'm curious why I kept gaining weight. And of course, the trolls on, inter on the internet have been, you know, blatantly calling that out. It's funny. I did a lot of research because a lot of the insults are from men calling me fat. You know, if you lost weight, we listen to you. I'm like, I, I, that doesn't get to me. That doesn't offend me, right? But I'm curious, like, why that is. So I decided to do, to do some research. And it turns out with young men, like all men, we're very visual. So we tend to follow beautiful women on social media, right? Uh, but we also tend to follow men we want to look like. And I'm like, okay. So I looked at all the high profile men coaches that are in my space, and all of them are in great shape. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll make a commitment to myself. So I've been doing this already. Um, I've lost five pounds over the past month going to the gym, but I, it's something 
after the age of 45, I have to be honest with everybody, after the age of 45, your body changes. Whatever you've been doing doesn't work anymore. All the routines you did at the gym, your whole life that kept you in great shape, that doesn't work. So, and, you know, and it's not because of the trolls. I want to be clear. I'm not, I've never let trolls or like negative comments get to me in that way. It's not the bullying, but I just, I want to make a, a strong commitment to myself. You know, I'm 46 and I want to be in great shape at my age because I do have a son. I have kids. I have three kids and I have a, a son who's going to be a year in November. And I, I really want to sustain that longevity. And plus I've done a lot of research and it turns out for guys, my age, our bodies are already turning into old men. So we're losing muscle. So I, I go, well, okay. So I've got a trainer I'm working out more and lifting a lot more heavier weights, but you know, a lot less reps. So I'm making that commitment. I guess I publicly want to call myself out that again, I, again, the trolls have nothing to do with it, but I do want to recognize that I, I want to drop weight again because since TikTok started, uh, I've gained, I think 20, 20 pounds. And again, COVID had a lot to do with that, right? Cause I work from home and I don't go anywhere. But um, somebody says on the on the chat, Emily, I really do preach that you're not fat. I I know I'm not, but I want to do this for me. Like I said, um, there's a lot of clothes, a lot of suits, a lot of nice items that I can't wear anymore. And I want to do this for me. I really want to take care of myself. And I have my blood pressure is great. Everything is great. But I really want to take care of myself in that aspect. Again, I've already lost five pounds and I'm going to the gym every day. I got a great routine, a great trainer. So diet is key. I get that. But also, I don't eat a lot. A lot of the times I'm working from home and I'm just so busy, like caught up in a project because my ADHD and I'm just caught up. I'm caught up in the zone. You ever get in that creative zone where you're just flowing and you don't want to be interrupted by anybody? Well, that's me. So I am like, I forget to eat sometimes and that's not good either. Mark, again, your body, it's so weird. Like I said, when you get older, it changes. So your metabolism changes, everything changes. So you just can't lose weight. So I'm going to do it. So I'm publicly calling myself out. This is episode 45. So by the time, my goal is to get down to my pre-COVID weight when I first got big on TikTok, which was 220. And right now I'm at 235. So I got 15 pounds to go and I'm giving myself, oof, let's see. I think one pound a week is realistic. So I'm giving myself 15 episodes, but I'm gonna take some progress videos and all that. I'm gonna keep everybody posting that. But again, I'm doing this for me. And um, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. That's what's going on as well, but... Also, having a baby, again, at 46, my girlfriend's 36, but again, we have a nine-month-old son. He's, they've moved in and adjusting to having a baby. You thought having a baby was tough in your 20s. <laughs> Try doing it in your, in your mid to late 40s. My God, it's exhausting. It's harder from what I remember, but she's an amazing mother, but not sleeping a full eight hours. Uh, men after the age of like 45 or maybe mid-40s, no, early 40s, actually, according to some podcasts I'm listening to. Uh, we start to lose testosterone if we don't get a full eight hour sleep. So when you get older, you need eight hours for your body to heal, especially if you're working out. So there's a lot of factors that come into that as well. So yeah, it's been an adjustment. And I have to admit, being a father again, because again, I was a father in my mid twenties, here I am in my late mid forties. And I get a kick out of a lot of things that have changed. Like there's the, uh, high, the high chair for the kids to eat dinner on, right? And I remember when my kids were little, there was just like one strap that went around the waist. And now they got shoulder straps. They got, <laughs> and they got a waist strap. I'm like, what the hell's all this? I mean, just, what's up with this? I don't remember all these straps. This is insane. Just put him in there. He'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And of course, it's my uh, fiance's first kid. So she's very overprotective. I'm like, yeah, you, you lose all that after the second kid. You're like, you don't give a damn. They're fine. They're tough. <laughs> but yeah, hey, Trish, what's going on? Hey, everybody on TikTok.
So yeah, so there's all that in adjusting to life itself, but it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. And um, I, I can't complain. And you know what? I'm glad I had kids when I was younger because, you know, as an adult, I'm prepped for that because, of course, the lifestyle changed. You know, we were going out, traveling a lot, and now that's changed because now we have a kid. And I expected that. And I even told her, this is what's going to happen. Everything that I've called has happened to the T. You know, there's not as much intimacy anymore. And that's fine because I know to prepare myself for that. But I recall when I was younger how that was a big deal. And like, I need it, I need it. And I was being stupid and bendejo and not knowing how to talk about it, not understanding how things change, but they do, they do. And, you know, you get to a point in life when you're older and you realize frequency, like the amount of frequency of being intimate doesn't mean it's good uh, intimacy. I have to be careful with the words because I'm live on a lot of platforms. If I say something like a bad word, I'll get banned or demonetized. By the way, super chats are definitely appreciated or tips on TikTok are all appreciated, everybody, please, because... YouTube hasn't been friendly to me when it comes to monetization. They've been banning a lot, not banning, demonetizing a lot of my videos. And I'm like, why? I'm not doing anything wrong. But anyway, back to my point. Yeah, I recognize that the intimacy um, is not as frequent, but that's fine. Uh, as, as long as the intensity is still there when we do, that's all that matters. And for those young men who are listening, this is an older man talking here. Intimacy, I want you to really think about that word because if you're younger and don't know any better, you think intimacy, you think about intercourse, you think about that, right? Or what you see on your phone. That's not it. Intimacy is really just like, it could be just spooning, having a moment to yourself, man. It could just be just the moment of just holding each other and uh, rubbing each other's like, you know, backs, massages, you know, having that quiet moment with each other. That's intimacy, man. And uh, you value that when you get older. You really do. But, but again, a kid coming into my life at this age, I understood what was going to happen. And um, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And I even get my son and I take him to like the windows and we're looking outside and we haven't gone outside because it's been ridiculously hot anywhere you go. What 106 degrees was average here in San Antonio for the past, what, 80 days. So I'm not going to take him out there. It was, it was ridiculous. Right. So um, I have him touch the windows, like touch him, touch him, touch all the windows. And when I was younger, I remember I would get upset because now i got to clean the windows, but I know those little fingerprints are just a moment and they're going to go away. They're not little like that for a long time. So I tell him to just touch all the windows he wants and leave them there so I can just look at them. So I'm savoring being a parent again uh, with uh, my love witch. So it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful moment. I can't, I can't complain. Thank you everybody who's saying God bless. Mark, you're 51 with a five-year-old girl. So uh, you feel me, man. We're, <laughs> we're in the same boat, man. Our, our, our little uh, swimmers down there doing God's work. Uh, Daniel, keep it classy. Already. Hey, no problem, man. No problem. But yeah, I got to be careful what I say. But yeah, so that's, that's what's going on in my life. Like I said, I'm really going to focus on my weight, um, dinners. all I, Like I said, I know it's diet. I do drink on weekends one day, like a couple of beers if I'm social, but I really don't. I'm not the type to drink a beer when I get home. So I know it's not alcohol, but I'm going to monitor that. And uh, also eat more chicken and just do more cardio. I'm on the bike now at the gym, you know, those little bikes uh, with all the old people because <laughs> I can't run anymore because my knees hurt. So I got to be on the, the bike, but it's also good. It's good for the, you know, cardio and such like that. So, and of course, water intake as well. Yes, yeah, so we're answering questions, but I'm answering these questions first. And I, and again, for everybody, um, I want to set a few rules real quick, not rules, but just so what I'm looking for, looking uh, forward with everybody here who's watching. Um, my subscriber count just crossed 2,500. So thank you everybody who's subscribing to my YouTube channel. Thank you so much. 
my goal is 10,000 before the end of the year. I know I can do it because I'm, I'm, I'm producing two shows, two lives a week, and content is just being published every day. Uh, and I'm asking everybody who's listening, watching, everybody on TikTok, everybody. I have 301 follow, 303,000 303, followers on TikTok. If every one of you went and subscribed to my YouTube channel, I'd be a happy man. I would, I would be a, a, a happy man. I would do a 24-hour live like beast, whatever the hell his name is, <laughs> to show appreciation. So everybody, if you haven't done so already, go subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's my primary outlet. Because again, going to YouTube was my move because I thought TikTok was going to be banned because that was a talk last year. So here I am. I'm comfortable in this space. TikTok will always be there. But again, go subscribe to my YouTube channel. I want to get to 10,000 before the end of the year. Help me get there. And also super chats are definitely... Uh, appreciate it. You can send stars on, on Facebook stars are, are appreciated. Everything goes to the show's overhead. And of course, uh, channel memberships are also welcome on YouTube as well. So again, just putting that out there. I hope to see some of this, this live and let's get started with the show here. Question one that somebody sent me co-parenting post-divorce and dating. What are, what to look forward to? Okay. Let's start with co-parenting. Uh, I hope and pray that everybody in a divorce goes through a similar situation like I did with my ex-wife and I. And again, as much as the ex-wife and I weren't the best husband and wife, we're phenomenal parents. We're amazing uh, parents. And we made an agreement. And I kind of, I more or less, I set the stage with her because I told her, look, we, we failed as a married couple. Now it's our time to shine. Let's set an example. And I told her, look, we're going to prove to everybody, because everybody in our family, everybody, all our friends were saying it's over. The kids are going to be ruined. Uh, what have you done? Your kids' lives are destroyed. I said, no, let's prove them wrong. Let's prove them wrong. Let's show everybody that we can be a family still. Even though we're divorced, we're still going to be a family. We're going to help each other out. Uh, we're going to put the kids first. Even though we don't, may not like each other from time to time, we're not going to insult each other. We're not going to belittle each other when we're not present you know we're not going to say mean things about the other person in front of the kids and if you ever need help let me know just call me and she said deal and we also made um a deal when it came to dating we we're both very protective of our kids and we both said that we were not going to allow any bendejo any person to get near our kids for at least six months we wanted to get to know them and if possible set up an introduction with the other parent before they meet the kids and we both agreed to that. Now, I know that's not entirely the case with a lot of people. I, I know that may not be the case with everybody, but I think if everybody goes with the common denominator of the kids, put the, putting them first, I think that's a good start. I truthfully do. And, and if you're in a situation where you have a, a, a spouse, an ex-husband or wife, whatever, and they're not being cooperative, they're being you know tough, they're being just tough to deal with and just making your life hell. Don't let them win. Don't, don't, don't let them win. Be the example because everybody I've ever met who grew up in a situation like that, where their, their parents got divorced and then their mom or dad made their life a living hell. They grow up and they say, I don't talk to my mom or my dad anymore because I, I see how he is. I saw how he behaved when I was little and that animosity will grow. You can't control that. You can only control yourself. So be the adult in that situation and lead and show your kids how to behave when you're dealing with somebody who's not cooperating with you. Be the adult in that situation. And, and again, I know that's kind of tough because some of them are just going to make your life a living hell. And uh, that's the way you want to do it. Just 
with a co-parenting piece. Now, once the co-parenting starts and you have a schedule, whatever that schedule is, uh, I'm, I'm saying this for the kids, do this for the kids. Um, give your kids, like, for example, when you first get situated, give your kids a picture of you two together. I remember giving my son a picture of me and him when we went to the park or when we went to Six Flags and I go here, here's a few pictures, put this in your room when you get to your mom's, like hang it up somewhere so you can see me. So if you miss me, you can, here's a picture uh, of us. You can look at it. And uh, that worked well. And his mom also gave uh, pictures of them two together so he can put in his room over here. So that's a great thing to help the kids get through this transition. And two, always give them an outlet to talk to their mom or dad. I get, I let my kids not, you see, I don't want to say you'd let them, but every night before they went to bed, I said, let's call your mom and say goodnight. So they, their mom could at least say goodnight. They could talk to them about their day. And it doesn't even have to be with just good nights. It could be something to the effect of, uh, you know, something great happened at school. They were, they got an award. They got a good grade on their test. Like, go call your mom, let her know. So you want that dialogue and that communication to always be present uh, with the kid and their mom, even when they're with you. It, it's again, you're putting the kids first. It's not about, no, you're on my time that you're talking to me. No, don't be an idiot that way. No, the kids, they didn't ask for this. They didn't ask for mommy and daddy to not get along and get divorced. So they're innocent bystanders in this whole failure of a marriage and divorce. So be a better person and just prove to them that you can be better parents in this post-divorce life. So that's my tip. Uh, everybody on TikTok, I went from 40 followers, uh, 40 uh, watchers to 15. <laughs> everybody on TikTok, please tap the screen like that. Tap it and share it so we can get more people into the live, into the conversation. Bree says, okay, my ex and I co-parent very well. I'm actually hosting dinner tomorrow for my ex and the kids. That's good. That's the same kind of similar situation that my ex-wife and I have. She's remarried. We all get along great. And uh, we celebrated my son's birthday party together just past, what, a couple weeks ago. And it's great because we don't have to go through that whole role of um, having two birthday parties or showing up when someone's not there. So it's it's stupid. And I, I wish more people can, again, be in that space and be in that happy space. So that's what I recommend for the kids. As far as dating, uh, like I said, protect your kids. Um, they come first and don't allow anybody into your life if you don't know them. The last thing you want is to date somebody who's psycho or toxic and then you break up and now they're stalking you. They're stalking you in your apartment where you live with your kids. That's dangerous. So don't bring anybody dangerous into your space. Don't fall in love. I mean, you, your marriage ended. It failed. You're married for I don't know how long. Don't be stupid and fall in love with somebody after a couple of months. You don't know them. You're just infatuated with them. Don't get into a serious relationship right away. You don't come first anymore. It's your kids. Does that make sense? You don't come first. It's your kids now. You got to be thinking about them now. So you just can't be bringing any toxic stupido over to the house and uh, put them in possible danger. Because we've all heard those horror stories. We uh, Women messing up your tires. Imagine, a, imagine you're a single dad, co-parenting with your ex-wife. You're barely making it because now you're going from a dual income to one, and money is not easy to come by. And you date somebody who's toxic, but you love that toxic woman because it turns you on. Well, guess what? Now you broke up with her, and she put a, a knife through your tires. And how much are tires nowadays, right? They're not cheap. Or she does damage to a vehicle. And you know what? How are you going to take your kids to school now? How, how are you going to take them to practice? You know, you got to think, you got to think about terms that way. So be responsible and make smart decisions on who you allow into your life. You don't love somebody after two months. I'm sorry. You just, you don't, you don't. 
All right, hello everybody on TikTok. Again, continue to tap the screen. And we just finished question one, all right there, all right? Emily, thank you uh, for the comments. I really do appreciate that. Thank you so much. I will try swimming, Mark, I definitely will. <laughs> now this one is kind of uh, tough. It's co-parenting with the narcissist. I get this question a lot, mainly from women. Now, I know there are female narcissists. I've dated one, shit, they're like, <laughs> they're horrible, man, my God. But I, how can I answer this? I'm gonna read more books on this. So the answers I'm gonna give for this particular situation, again, I'm not an expert. I highly advise going to counseling, some sort of therapy, maybe reading some books with experts in this, but. I watched at least four videos today and I read a couple of like um, uh, TED Talks and authors just trying to do my best to give you the best knowledge because that's what I want to do. I'm not just pulling things out of my ass here. I, I really want to give you the best advice. So I looked up co-parenting with a narcissist and there's this one guy, forget his name, but he's on YouTube and he says he's a self-diagnosed narcissist. And uh, there's another couple of channels like that. And every one of them said, if you see any red flags, on the person you're dating or about to marry and you think you see signs of them being a narcissist, run, get away from them. Don't get pregnant because they said in their words, your life will be a living hell. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can coach them. There's nothing you can do to change their behavior. They're going to make your life a living hell because they have a mental disorder where they cannot feel empathy to you. They don't care how you feel because that doesn't register in their brain. So you're in a, you're, you're screwed for life because you got to deal with this person. So again, for those who are involved in that type of situation, son of a bitch, my heart goes out to you because I cannot imagine going through that. Dealing with somebody who doesn't care about your kid's feelings or yours, all they care about is theirs and their rights. And they're going to make your life hell. Uh, according to these authors and books, that what they're going to do is they're not going to show up at the uh, scheduled time to pick up the kid. They're not going to be dependable. They're always going to start an argument. They're always going to do whatever they can to prove that they have power over you still. And according to these authors and, and you know YouTubers, again, I'm not an expert. The goal of a narcissist is to prove that his words can still hurt. Uh, his or her words can still hurt you. Uh, if, if you show them any emotion, you, they've won. So that's the key. If you're co-parenting with a narcissist, understand that if you show emotion in any way with any of the words they say, they've won. So you've got to be stoic and understand that, that that's going to happen and it's going to continue to happen. They know everything about you. They know all your secrets. They know all every, they know the right thing to say, to piss you off. You know, you, you know what? You're acting like your mother, right? That will probably trigger a bunch of women. They know exactly what to say. So be stoic and don't allow them to win. Because once they get you to curse, lose your temper, they've won. Two, keep your encounters brief with them. In other words, when you speak with them, it's only about the kids. Use as little verbiage as possible. But be sure what you say is informing, like it's, it's, it's informative and brief. So keep your conversations with them brief. And two, don't fall into the trap. And three, don't fall into the traps. Uh, they said they'll will try to get in again if you're showing truth and you're showing um, 
that you, if, if you're showing them that their words aren't hurting you, they're going to dig and try to get you into a trap. In other words, you remember the time when we did this, remember the time when we were happy, they're going to try to get your defenses down and kind of get you to just be vulnerable with them. Don't fall for that. Your conversations with them about the past are done. Your conversations with them are, are just with the kids. And you have to go about what is called parallel parenting. I just learned about this. Parallel parenting is more or less, and it's hard for me as a dad to say this out loud, and I can't imagine, but this is the only option you've got. You have to, when you give your kid to that person, they're going to parent their way. You can't intervene. Whatever they do, they do. And when they come to you, it's the same thing. All you can do is make your kids place with you and time with you as pleasant as possible and don't fall into their traps. But again, the moment you try to intervene, the moment you try to tell them what to do, it's only going to make things worse and they can take you to court. Uh, there's a book that I'm reading by James Sexton. You've seen him on TikTok. He's that attorney with his sleeves rolled up. He's got tattoos. He's talking about divorce. His book is fucking awesome. This book is titled, If You're In My Office, It's Already Too Late. And he said, and other attorneys that I've spoken to have said that narcissists, it's sad to say, but most of them win in court because they know how to lie. They know how to manipulate the truth. They know how to con tell a convincing story. And most times they will win in court. So that's one thing you want to avoid is going to the court system because they don't care about the money. They don't care about your savings. They just want to prove to you and the world that they're right. So you're dealing with a horrible fucking person. So again, if you are a young woman out there who doesn't have kids, I don't care how fucking handsome a guy is. If you see any indicators that he's a narcissist, do not get pregnant by this guy because your life is screwed, according to these authors. And guys, I know you like toxic women. You think they're fun. I think I know you, you're hooked on it because dating a toxic woman can be like crack. I was hooked on it at one point. But if you get a toxic woman pregnant, your life is fucked too. Th that's just as bad. They will do whatever they can to make your life a living hell. So guys, be careful wh where you put your dick at, right? Be careful with that. Don't do anything stupid and get somebody pregnant that you don't know. And same thing with women, all right? So again, I hope that helps. And I know that may not be the answer for a lot of people that are looking for a solution on this, but if you are co-parenting with a narcissist, you're in for a rough ride for a very long time, a very long time. Daniel, uh, let me you know what, let me take a little re a detour here. Daniel asks a great question here on TikTok. Daniel asks, why is it so difficult to be yourself these days? Um, Daniel, you know what, man? It, 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 it shouldn't be. And if you feel it is, my heart goes out to you, man, because I know how you feel. But you get to a certain point in life where you really don't give a shit what anybody thinks about you. And I think those who are brave enough to be themselves are the people that everybody admires the most. Cause think about it. If you're in class or in school or even the social media personalities you may follow, if you see somebody who is just carefree in themselves, they're in their element, they're in their passion, whatever it is, we gravitate to them. We gravitate to them because they're brave enough to be that vulnerable. And we admire that. And that's the place you want to be at, man. Like I said, for me, it, it's, um, I, I, well, it took a divorce to get to that level. But after my divorce, I didn't care what anybody thought. I had this invulnerability that, hell, I went through that hell. And now I made it and I'm better. So I don't give a damn what anybody thinks. Being myself 
helped me succeed in the dating world. Like women, men, especially women and guy friends, they all gravitated to me because my confidence was so high. I was such a positive person to be around. And I didn't care. I mean, I played like whatever music I wanted to play in the car. I talked about any topics I wanted to talk about because I loved that was me. And people appreciate that. They really do. They, people appreciate a person being themselves. And we admire that. So again, I urge you to be to focus on doing that. I mean, let those shields down, but it shouldn't be that hard. And then I urge you to work on that. I mean, no, nobody, how can I say this without repeating myself? To hell with everybody, dude. If they don't like you, what's that one uh, Cedric, the not Cedric, container, Bernie Mac quote? He goes, be yourself, man. <laughs> if people don't like you for being yourself, tell them to go fuck themselves. Fuck them people. <laughs> Listen to Bernie Mac, man. So just do that. Be yourself. Be whoever you are, man. All right, now back to the topics, man. I hope that helps. Continue to tap the screen, everybody, please. Everybody on TikTok, tap the screen. And go subscribe to YouTube, the uh, Root Advice. All right, so those are the questions there uh, for the co-parenting. And real quick, let me go back to the co-parenting and dating. Uh, dating is going to be tough. And honestly, co-parenting uh, and dating, the dating piece, you shouldn't rush into that because if you just got divorced, your mind is a mess. You're going through a lot of changes. You're trying to figure out how your single income house now, just you, is going to be able to handle the responsibilities in life. So dating should really just be the last thing on your mind. But when it does... Uh, just understand you're going to get a lot of pushback. You're going to get a lot of women. I'm talking from the male perspective here. Uh, one, you're going to get a lot of women who don't want to date guys who have kids. You know, those memes or those uh, women who, those guys who say, I don't want to date single mothers, you know, all that stuff. Well, it's the same thing with women. Those videos just don't go viral. So there's a lot of women who don't want to date a guy with kids because they see that and they think baby mama drama. You can have a healthy co-parenting relationship like I did, but they're going to see a, a just uh, trauma. They're going to see... Um, baggage they'll call your kids baggage i remember getting triggered a few times thinking like hey my kids ain't baggage who the hell are you talking about well i don't want to be no one's mother i'm, I'm not you know i'm not gonna be no one's mother and then i would be like well hold up hold up hold up first off they have a mother and two what makes you think you're good enough to even meet my kids and three uh, they're not looking for a mother i'm not looking i'm not looking for anybody to raise them i'm not looking any for financial support no we've got that we've got that taken care of as parents over here i'm just looking for somebody to date so get off your pedestal you know as a matter of fact this date's over I'm done. So you're going to encounter a lot of that shit, man. I'm sorry you are, but as a male, you, you get that pushback all the time. And also your schedule is going to be limited because let's say whatever your, your custody, your, uh, your, maybe it's 50-50, I don't care. And it's one month on, one month on, or maybe uh, let's, let's say one month on, one month on, right? I know that's a stretch. Let's go something realistic, actually. Let's go one week on, one week off. The week you're with your the week you're with your kids, uh, you're a dad. Your main priority is your kids and your dad. So you can't make plans or go out with them. Your kids haven't seen you. They're gonna want to spend time with you. So your week is dedicated to them. The person you're dating, their schedule may not align with you. So you can hit it off great. You can be like, you know what? I like her. But, you know, her schedule doesn't align with mine. When I, when I don't have the kids, she may have her kids because she could be a single mom or it, her school schedule, whatever the case is. So your life is going to be very limited for extracurricular activities. So you're going to have to make a lot of adjustments. You just can't pick up and go. I mean, you can have fun the seven days you don't have your kids like I did. I had women come to the house. 
every night of the week, man. It was pretty fun. But, you know, that may not be an option for a lot of people. But again, you, when you're with your kids, it's tough. And maybe you meet that one person and she's finally got availability that Saturday night. But you have your kids that Saturday night. Uh, you know, I can't. Luckily, the ex-wife and I, we were cool. And if she didn't have plans, I'd be like, hey, I have a date. I know uh, I got the kids, but can you take them a couple days early? Yeah, sure. You know, we would work arrangements out that way. So luckily, if you have a co-parent, that's cool. And you have a great relationship, you can have that option. But that's going to be a big deal, man. Again, a lot of women don't want to date a guy who has a who is a single dad. But there's also a lot of women, believe it or not, a lot of compliments I did get from women is that I was a good dad. And apparently a lot of women out there, the one just from my experience, everybody, all right, the lot of women that I dated didn't have an involved father or they dated guys who were shit bags for dads. So they meet a guy who was an involved father who's always taking pictures with his kids, doing things with them. They totally, that was a big turn on for a lot of them. And a lot of them were like, you know, my God, I've never seen that. You're such an involved. I respect the hell out of you. So they see something in there. They see responsibility. They see possibly if I we make it, he's a great father. I don't have to worry about that. They see security in you. So again, it's a kind of like a catch-22. You have your women who see you as baggage and whatever the case is. But then you see you have the other area of women who think, wow, this guy's got his shit together. And he's responsible. And that's a huge turn on. So that's something that I encountered as well. So anyway. Uh, that there, I just want to touch on that real quick. Um, there you go. Is that you, Daniel, from uh, whatchamacallit from TikTok? Hey, there you go. What's up, man? I hope that advice helped. Okay, the next question somebody asked me is How do you know when it's time to move on? Oh, God. Okay, hold up. Here we go. Now, how do you know? Let me ask you, everybody on TikTok, how do you know when it's time to move on? I want to hear from you. Everybody who's watching, let me hear from you. How do you know when it's time to move on? It can be from a relationship. It can be from a marriage. Let me hear from you, and I'll start talking in a bit. Uh, but for me, I'll start with my marriage, and then I'll talk about a relationship, okay? With my marriage, it took years to finally get to the decision of, like, it's time to go. I've told my story many times, and I know not not a lot of people have heard the story in, in full, but um, we got divorced in 2016, but the thought of getting divorced crept into my mind in two, 2012. And I remember for years, I was contemplating that. And then we, I'll get to you in a second, Mike. And, you know, for years, I was thinking, should I, should I not? And then you go through a depression period because you're realizing that the house you're living in the life you're living is a fraud. It's over. It's dead. You're living, you're walking in a ghost house. This is all going to crumble like a house of cards once I make up my mind or once I come to the realization that it's over. So you're going to have that depression and it's going to be hard. And then you're going to think, well, my kids are happy. They got a room. They got their friends down the street. You know, we, we make enough money to where we can afford to do things. I'll sacrifice my happiness for a few years, you know, cause they're 12 and nine. I can, I can sacrifice my happiness for 18 for, you know, till they're 18. You think about that. And then, you know, your spouse does something and, you know, sometimes when you're with somebody and it's not working out, you ever, you ever been with somebody that just absolutely brings the worst in you and you're like an evil, horrible person. And you're not like that with anybody else, but this person just draws that out of you. That's uh, that. <laughs> 
that was me and the ex-wife. And it's funny, we get along great now, but she brought out the worst in me. And I hated that man. I hated who I was. I hated that. I, so then you start hating, not only you're bitter and mad about your life crumbling, now you hate yourself and who you are. You hate your body, your own skin. You go through a lot of emotions. And then finally, I just woke up one day and I'm said, and this is like a couple of years of feeling this way of depression. I, you just wake up one day and you say, I had enough. I've had enough. I'm done. I'm done because you realize life is full of emotions. There's a lot of great things in life. And over the past, what, five, six years, it's been hell and depression and anger and misery. I want to experience the happiness and the laughter. And I want to be the man that I know I am and not this bitter person here, this heartbroken person. So you, in a way, you become selfish. And it's good to be selfish from time to time. All right. It's good to be selfish because you're putting yourself first. You're not leaving your spouse for another person. You're doing this for yourself. It's like a come to Jesus moment. It's like you've seen the lights and you want to just go dancing down the church aisle, right? Um, you finally realize what life is about. You finally realize that life is what you make it. It's what you make it. You know, I could have stayed for a few more years, but no, I got sick of it. I got sick of feeling this way. You realize that you have the power to control who is allowed in your life, who you can love, what you can do, and who is who's allowed to make you feel bad. It's like this empowering moment. Like you just like, like a superhero movie, just like looking at your fist, like, oh my God, like I feel great. And you just make the you make the choice. Uh, but it, it took a long time to get there. But at the same time, I'm very analytical. And what I wanted to do was explore every single option to fix us. That way, when I did decide, again, I'm, I'm the guy who filed, right? I'm the one who said, I want a divorce, which is rare, right? Because 80% of the time women file. I'll, I'm the 20% of that variable. But um, I said, I'm done. And I knew it was time to move on. But I, and I did, I exhausted every option possible so I can have the peace of mind knowing a couple years down the road, I tried everything. There's no what ifs. There is no what if situations. Everything was explored. And I can walk out with the peace of mind knowing I tried everything. And it's the greatest feeling in the world. So for me, that's what it was for time to move on. It's just like you, you've come to an impasse. They're not going to change. You're trying everything. You've explored every option. You're left with a choice. You can either stay, right? You can you can stay and live in that space, learn to live like that, which I don't recommend. Two, you can uh, do what a lot of people do and just say, hey, you know, we're going to stay together for the kids. We're going to be roommates. I don't recommend that. Life's too short. You know, you, you everybody deserves to be happy and feel happiness. So I don't recommend that, but to each their own. Or three, leave. And uh, again, I did. I chose to do that but only after exploring every possible option. Uh, comment here, Alan, he says, uh, I think no one should get married before the age of 27. I don't care who you are. I, I believe there's maturity, yes. I've always said, don't get married in your early 20s. I got married at 21, so that was way too damn young. <laughs> I had no business getting married that young, so no, nobody does, because you don't know who you are. And by the time you're, by the time you're 31, you're a completely different person. You're, you're, like, you're settling into the man or the adult that you're going to be for the rest of your life. Like, oh, wow, this is me. And I wasn't like that at 21. So here I am at 31. So I think everybody should find out who they are 
as a person, as an individual before locking themselves down into getting married so young. And I know there's groups, very conservative groups out there who say, no, get married very young because you're going to have a long lasting relationship. But in a way, you're kind of indoctrinating yourself into a locked in life. And I think that's unfair because I think everybody should be given the freedom, the choice to say, you know what? I want to find out who uh, Jackie is right here. I want to find out who Emily is. You know, I'm, I'm just going to go out, be by myself. I don't need a man or woman right now to make me happy. I'm going to go find out who I am. And I think that's that takes balls and bravery. And I wish more people did that. Uh, Ivan says, uh, Alan, I, was, I would say 40 for males and 28 for females. Well, everyone's got an opinion, right? Cougar says, I've been listening for two minutes and it's spot on. Thank you, Cougar. Appreciate that. Was your divorce mutual? Yes, it was. Uh, this is a question on TikTok. Uh, we... We didn't leave each other for anybody else. Uh, we just said, let's just call it. And it was, we had the same attorney. It, we, it was very, it was very calm. I said, pick whatever you want in the house. I was, get, I was keeping the house, but I told her, take anything you want. The furniture, take anything you want. It's yours. Uh, we kept each other's 401k. I didn't want to touch her. She didn't want to touch mine. So it was like a clean wash. And it was, uh, I wish everybody's divorce goes that way. But um, again, like I said, it ran its course because we were married 16 years together. But collectively, uh, if you add the dating years and high school years, I was with her 20 something years, 21 years. So it ran its course. And uh, she's a wonderful mother. So I hope that answers your question. Everybody says, uh, Jackie answered, when you give them a break and nothing changes next, when you give them a break, okay. Okay, now let's go to the relationship piece. If you're in a relationship, um, I ended a, a couple of relationships that, that were very toxic, but it's kind of tough to put because I didn't have a lot of emotional like um, investment in them. I, they were just relationships. And I knew at that point, because after divorce, you realize that nothing lasts forever. You realize that everything ends, but at one time or another, whether in good or bad, things come to an end and you're fine with that. That's why you kind of savor the moment now because... Who knows what tomorrow will bring? So I always went with that mentality. So uh, if 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 they're not giving you what you need, whether it be a physical need or an emotional need, or you see them becoming something else, or they're they're just not giving you en enough attention, and you have conversations to try to remedy it and make it work, and it's not changing, uh, move on. I would say from a relationship standpoint, uh, ladies, if you want to get married and the guy you're dating is or have been dating with been dating for three years and he's not going to buy a ring. Don't waste your time because I've said this many times. The last thing you want to do is convince a guy to marry you. And if he's, if you have to take him by the hand to, you know, cage jewelers or whatever you guys go nowadays, Jared and pick your ring and tell him to buy me that one. It's your marriage is already going to fail. <laughs> your marriage is going to fail. Cause he's not even thinking about marriage. He's just kind of going with the flow and he's not man enough to speak up and say, no, I don't want to do this. So don't do that. So if, if, if somebody you're dating is not interested in getting married, then you want to get married, you, you can't change your mind. They more or less, I've told you that already. Juan says, wish there was more help for widows. Yeah, that's another thing. Man. Hold on. There's a couple of widows that I've spoken to, and I need to talk to more because I don't think it's enough data. But uh, a widow that I've spoken with, she told me that you're more or less treated like a uh, like a, like a divorce, like you're the one who ended the divorce. People like don't want to talk to you. You're banished. And uh, they call a lot of guys. I don't know what the term is, but a lot of guys call that. You know how they call like everyone's got like a pair bonding. 
like this guy's D was so massive and so whatever, blah, 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 that she thinks about this guy all the time. So she's connected to him. Well, they say like the ultimate pair bonding is with a widow because your marriage could have been the lovely thing. You could have been madly in love and now they're dead. So you will forever be connected to them. And some people are so damn insecure. They don't want to get involved in that or understand that, which is idiotic in adolescent. If you ask me, I mean, come on, you can't be thinking that way and comparing yourself to somebody and using somebody's like dead spouse as an insecurity or a block to say, no, I don't want to date them because they're always going to be thinking about what's his face. Come on, grow up, grow up. What high school did you go to? I went to St. Gerard High School, small Catholic school in San Antonio. I have two kids by a 20-year-old, left my abusive partner by 21, been single for seven years. I feel amazing. Good for you. I think it's Wendy is your name, but thank you. Good for you. So I hope that answers the question. Again, I, I do I definitely get, need to get more information on widows. I definitely do. And again, everybody on TikTok, those are the topics. I'm going to go on topic three right now. All right, topic three. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Let me move over so people can see it right there on TikTok. <laughs> uh, should your partner have friends of the opposite sex? Uh, well, I just did a podcast on this not too long ago with Charlotte uh, with the Peasant Party, uh, Peasant Party, Peasant Party podcast, and uh, Tanya Sinatra, the divorce attorney. Uh, women tend to think you can. I said no, you can't because there's always going to be that attraction. But so there's a caveat there. I think it's okay in certain scenarios. For example, there should be a, some mutual safeguards. In other words, your the problems in your marriage or in your relationship, it should be in, it should be contained within the relationship. And if this if your girlfriend is telling your problems to her male friend, that is a no go. That is a red flag. It's because she's confiding into this person on an intimate level. This is intimate details. And that won't, that's not sustainable. I wouldn't agree with that because with intimacy, with sharing, you know, delicate data comes, you know, attraction, that, that emotional bond. And before you know it, some, some, something can happen. Anything and all that can will happen. Oh yeah, it definitely will. It definitely will. Uh, but it also comes to trust as well. You can't tell if you have to, in other words, if you're dating somebody guys, cause I, it backfired on me. I was dating this one person and I didn't like this guy friend that she was talking to because she was, she would light up every time she saw this guy, she was like laughing. She was having a good time. She totally, it was a side of her. i never saw. And I'm like, you know what? I have a problem with him. I know he's your friend and all, but I just don't like the way he looks at you. And I, I, I'm have, I'm having problems with this. So again, uh, if you go out with him, I want to be there. I don't want you going out with him by yourself. And she's like, no, I don't like that. I'm like, well, those are my boundaries. And I'm just telling you, I just don't like the way he looks at you. And it turns out they were fucking, they were fucking and they dated before. So I was like, oh, okay. All right. So, you know, you can tell a lot about a person and how they feel about your partner when they make eye contact. The eyes are the windows to the soul, everybody. And you can tell a lot of what a person feels just by a look. You'd be surprised the power of a glance. I told you all. San Antonio in the house. What's up? But uh, there has to be a respect. Like, for example, uh, I'm friends with Angela Knight in Charlotte, right? The, the host of the podcast. And uh, I went to Austin this weekend. I didn't stay overnight, but I, I talked to my love witch and said, hey, I'm going to go to Austin. Do you want to go? She goes, no, I'm tired with the baby and all that. We talked about it weeks before, but I went to Austin. I did a podcast with two women. And, you know, afterwards we had lunch and then we hung out in Austin. And then I came home and came back and that's it. And I'm at the age where I understand these are my friends. These are my, my co-creators. 
these are people I collaborate with and I know nothing's going to happen. You know, nothing's going to happen at all. And there's a boundary of respect. Like, no, nothing's going to happen. And my love, which trusts me for me to go. I mean, how many women would have a problem with that? Probably some, I know a lot of my ex-girlfriends would have made me cancel my, my TikTok page. Cause you know, at the time, 80% of my demographic was women. So I know I would have been asked to deactivate that page because of their insecurities, but no, there comes a level and a moment when in everybody's life, when you know, nothing's going to happen and you, you trust your spouse. But in general, I think as long as the boundary of like, they're not confiding into this person, uh, having inappropriate conversations that you are not aware of, uh, intimate details like that. I think that's where the problem lies. But as long as you, the other person in that equation, it hangs out with them when they hang out, you're always engaged with them and you don't feel like you're left out. I think that's a critical line there. But if you have to tell anybody, I don't want you talking to him, it's over already. Because half the time, if you tell your woman to block somebody and they say, okay, they're going to talk to them still. They're going to reach out and talk to the same person. They're going to block them, but still find a way to talk to them. That's how it works. And same thing with you ladies. If you tell a guy like, hey, I want you to stop talking to her. Well, she's like a sister. Like, well, I'm more important. And if he doesn't want to block that woman or stop talking to this person because of how it makes you feel, well, he's telling you right there that your feelings don't mean anything. You know, my relationship with this person matters more than how you feel. So if you have to have that conversation and if your intuition or guys, your spidey sense is telling you that yeah, I don't like this person, then, then that's a tough situation to be in. It really is. It really is. So just FYI on that. And I hope that answers everybody's question. But let me ask everybody here, are you okay with your partner having a friend of the opposite sex? I'm probably going to get a lot of no's here. Or maybe yes. I don't know. Let's see here. Emily says, always good to see you, Emily. I feel as long as the friend is mutual. Yeah, I agree. Like you said, it's fine. Like if she's just as much friends with me as she is with my husband and respects, I, of course, the wife are going to be out first. Okay. Well said. Yeah, I totally agree. But everybody, everybody on TikTok, are you okay with your uh, partner having a friend of the opposite sex? I'm curious. I'm curious. But like I said, uh, it depends on the situation and the level of respect and how you feel. Alex says, yes. User 8675309 says no. Oh, gotcha, Emily. Put first. Okay. Juliana says no. Uh, Mary, Mary Melody says no. Absolutely not. That's how any relationship starts. Um, it can. Yeah, I can. But I mean, why start? Uh, that's a good one. Uh, how can I go from? Where can I go from there? Yeah, but there's there there are people. Let's say he's been friends with this person for five years. I mean, who are we to walk in and say you can't talk to them? I mean, you have to trust them, right? And if nothing's happened in the past, I mean, you can only go with what they, they're telling you. So there has to be a level of trust there, maturity. What happens if they've been friends for many years, like childhood? I give my, tr I give my trust fully. Very good. Yes, I am fine because I have more male friends than women friends, Jackie Mendez says. Okay. Uh, and as for me, and again, uh, I don't have any female friends. I, I, have, I have a lot of female friends. Actually, I do have a lot of female friends right now, but I don't see them. They're like on, they're on TikTok. They're, they're other creators. They're other people, other podcasts that I've collaborated with. And there's never been a moment of like, 
awkwardness. Everyone's a professional. Everybody uh, talks with each other with respect. Nothing's ever crossed the line. Um, so no, I mean, I, I do have a lot of female friends and some male friends as well, but I, I, I know better and they know better. So it's like a mutual respect. So again, it's tough to say, as long as both people are aware, like this is what my life and this is important to me and you're protective of that, the other person will sense that and they'll kind of like react to that. So that's the best way I can put it. It does depend. My husband and I are close friends with a couple and there is no way any of us would betray. Okay. Okay. Very good. So there you go. That answers the topic. So the next topic there is starting over. Women can sense who we can trust. Yeah, I know, uh, Mary, you're right. You're absolutely right. Women have the intuition, but guys have gut feelings and spidey sense. We have the same thing. And we know um, a guy. There, again, like I mentioned, there's a look. Like I said, I always, uh, I knew I was going to make out with a woman or I knew was, something was up when I can look at them in the eyes. And I just can tell that what they were feeling. So the eyes are the windows of the soul. But there's the look that certain guys give that you can tell. And I was pretty pretty consistent with that. So there's a look that a guy can does or maybe they're touch, like he's very touchy-touchy with her. All red flags. But yeah, guys can tell as well. They can tell. We're almost done, guys. And this live is going to be over about 9.30, maybe 9.45. I'm going to try to keep my lives condensed. And these are also going to be audio episodes on the Root Advice podcast, which you can uh, uh, follow on and listen to all streaming platforms. So, yeah. Thank you for the follow. I appreciate that, Mary. You look familiar. Do I know you? No, I don't. You look very familiar. Okay. The next topic is starting over after divorce. Uh, oh, my God. I've, I've, I've spoken about this many times. And uh, again, I, I don't mind talking about it again, uh, as long as it helps others. Um, it's, it's going to be the most difficult time of your entire life. If you've ever, if you've never been tested, you're going to be tested. It is hard. It is unbearably hard. And I don't wish it upon my worst enemy. Like I said, if you can avoid divorce, do that, work it out. But if you can't, and you're going to go through it, it's going to be the most painful experience you've ever been through. And uh, it'll change you forever. In my case, it changed me forever, but in a, in a better way. Uh, it is the most frightening experience you can ever think of. Because for 10 years, 5 years, 20 years, whatever, your life has been set. You've been living a certain way in a certain house with somebody. You've been going to bed at night with somebody. You know, you've had a, a routine. Money's maybe been a problem, maybe not. But finances are all set. And now that's all gone. That's, that's completely out the door. Now you're on your own. Do you have what it takes? Time will tell. But the best thing I can advise is that you're going to go through a lot of emotions. It, the best thing I can compare it to is a death. If you've, had a, if you've had like a parent die, my dad died last summer, it's the equivalent of a death. And it hurts. <laughs> like you couldn't believe, my God. You're going to go through a death, a slow death. And you're going to go through a lot of emotions of anger. You're going to feel like a failure. That's going to linger on you with a while. But please understand that with a marriage, it takes two to make it work. It, it takes two to make it work. And if it failed, you both failed. But you recognize those failures and don't ever make them again. Don't ever do that. But you're going to feel like a failure for a, quite some time. But again, this is a normal thing. It happens. And you got you to gotta shake that off. 
you can't let your failures and, mis- and your mistakes make you the person you're going to be. Learn from them. Failure is life's greatest teacher. I don't care who you are. Everyone's successful. Yeah, I get that. There's some that are that are not, but failure teaches you a lot about yourself and who you can count on and what you're made of. And it's going to be hard. Uh, it's going to be hard on your kids. It's going to be hard on parents and even friends because all the parties you were invited to, they didn't have to worry about who should we invite, who should not. You know, kids' birthday parties, things like that, quinceaneras, debuts, whatever. That's all changing because now they got to think like, fuck, well, I like them, but I like him. But what about her? It's going to be hard on everybody. It's going to implode your life. But the important thing, and I'm talking from a man's perspective because that's what it was. Because again, everybody sided with the ex. My family didn't take, wasn't um, agreed with me about starting over. They all, they all kept telling me stay together for the kids. I said, no, I didn't want to do that. So I decided to move forward. And the best thing you can understand and kind of have the mindset of is that it's going to take a long time to get back on your feet. It's not going to happen in a year. It may not happen in two years or three. It's going to take a while for you to get on your feet. And I made a goal, and I highly advise anybody who's doing this, uh, to uh, try to accomplish something daily, one task a day that's going to get you closer to your new life. If it's going to the storage locker and kind of sorting everything out, it's maybe selling things, scheduling a garage sale. You have a goal of starting over and having a new life. Every day, commit to something. Commit one task that's going to get you closer to there. I see the comments in TikTok. I'll get to them in a bit. But commit to something daily. And two, you're going to have those lonely nights when the demons come at you. When you're, let's say you're in the house or the apartment, whatever, your parents' house, your sister's basement, you're going to have those nights where the demons are going to come at you because you don't hear your kids in the other room when you would say goodnight. And you don't hear the voices. You're by yourself. That's going to kill you. That's going to hurt you. You're going to feel the worst at night. So understand that's normal. But don't let those night, those, those conversations in your head conquer you, okay? Um, you're going to want to work a lot of overtime because you hate being alone. You're going to find yourself working tons of overtime. And you may hate weekends like I did because there was no overtime or work over the weekend. So I had nothing to do on weekends. I had nothing but myself to face. And it, it's, it's, a, it's, a hard, it's a hard thing because also... You don't know who you are. You don't have an identity. You don't have an identity as a divorced person because for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, whatever the case is, you've been Mr. or Mrs. X, right? And now you're just Rudy. You're just Jackie. You're just Lisa. You're just Ivan. Who the hell is Ivan? Who the hell is Emily? I've never had a weekend to myself. What the fuck do I like doing? I don't know. Do I like movies? Do I like, I don't, I hate clubs. I hate drinking. You have to figure yourself out. Now you have to figure out your identity and that takes time. That takes time. So understand finding yourself is in my opinion, looking back, it was the scariest, but the greatest adventure I've ever had because I finally got to do things on my own and experience that. It was wonderful and discover who Rudy was. And here I am on, on a podcast live in front of all these people, right? In front of a couple hundred people on all platforms. So you have to discover your identity and what and who you are. And that can take time because a lot of us, we, we all love our kids. But when your kids go to the, the other, their parents' house, the father or the mother, you're by yourself. What did you like to do? Explore that. And just take your time. Holidays are going to suck. 
because hopefully you have a co-parent who lives in the city with you and you can maybe share Thanksgiving. You can share Christmas like uh, me and the ex-wife did. But if they're over in another state, uh, that's got to be heartbreaking, man, because you're going to Christmas time is not going to feel the same. I didn't put up the Christmas tree for five years. I just what two, three years ago. It took it took four years after my divorce to put up a Christmas tree. And I'm like, yes, I'm starting to feel the spirit again. It's it's taking time. It, I, I'm feeling like Christmas again. I feel like celebrating again. You're going to hate the holidays because those holidays when you're not with your kids, what are you going to do? I remember going to the movies on the Thanksgiving, 10 a.m. in the morning to go see Knives Out because I was by myself. <laughs> it was like, wow, this is, so, but again, embrace it, own it. Don't see it as depression. You're going through a transition and you're going to go through that. And also you may not have a lot of friends that follow you. Uh, there's many divorce attorneys uh, that I've, I have scheduled to be on the podcast and they all say, your friends aren't going to follow you. Some may, but your friends are not going to follow you because you're looked upon as bad luck. You're looked upon as the example, honey, let's not be like them. Honey, I love you. Honey, come here. I love you. Let's promise each other. Let's not end up like Rudy and blank. I don't want to end up like Emily and John. I love you. Your, your failure is now the example for, to give everybody inspiration and give everybody their second honeymoon phase. So now you're that person. You're, they're, they're talking about you. They don't want to be you. You're that. And you're going to have to deal with that. And, you, and I don't know if you're like me, you know how that old saying, the old phrase goes where your ears turn red when people are talking about you. My ears are like blistery red, my God, <laughs> for a long time. So you may not have friends that follow you or like support you. So you're going to go on this journey alone, like every classic heroic tale that's ever been written. Going back to Greek mythology, all right? You're going to have to go through this alone. You may have to. I know most men will. And it destroys a lot of them. Some of them survive, some don't. Uh, that's going to happen. But income, money is going to suck. I know things are expensive now, but they were just as expensive in 2016. Uh, I was working three jobs. Like I said, luckily I had my primary job. I worked overtime, but then again, I had Uber, uh, Lyft. I was building websites on the side. I was a graphic designer. I was doing logos on the side. I was doing anything I could. I was on YouTube doing videos, making like 50 bucks a month here. I was doing whatever I can to make money. Now there's people out there who are smarter than me when it comes to money, and I'm pretty sure they were fine. But to the most of us, you know, the only way to make money is to trade our time for money. And that's what I was doing. So you, financial, financial wise, it's going to suck. It's going to suck. You're going to learn to buy the, the off-brand cereal, not the Frosted Flakes, but the, uh, the Frosted Corn Cut flakes. I don't know whatever the name brand, the knockoff brand. Not 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 fruity pebbles, but the rocky, rocky pieces, the fruity pieces. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You're gonna have to buy the generic stuff. I bought my clothes at Goodwill. Things like that. I, you're gonna have to learn how to just save money where you can. But you're gonna again. It's not. It's not for the long term. It's only for the short term. Short term. I did this for about four years, and I got back on my feet. Ended up quitting my job and getting a better job, a higher paying job. But uh, it's going to suck. You're going to go through the most stress you've ever been through. Uh, but the other thing I could advise is that if you have hate in your heart, if you, if you say, you know what, I hate my spouse, I'm going to use hate to get me through this. Don't do that. Hate destroys your body. Uh, I tried to do that for a couple of months and I started losing hair. I started like getting ugly and my skin changed. And I, it was, it's really bad for your health. It's amazing what your brain, this is your brain telling you to act angry and to be angry. It's amazing what your brain can do to the rest of your body. 
So, but yeah, it, it's pretty tough. Uh, but again, it's sad that somebody's saying it's true. Friends are afraid uh, divorce is contagious. Yeah. And none of my friends' wives were going to, the guys that I know 10, 15 years, you think they're going to let their husbands go with Rudy, uh, a single bachelor now to the club? And like they would, and it's funny, all those guy friends, hey, who are you fucking out? Who are you dating? Who are you seeing? Send us, send me a picture. Like any nude pics? They're all asking for that. So it's <laughs> they're like, no, you know, you're not going to meet me at the bar. Why am I going to show you who I'm dating? No, oh, I saw you on Facebook. She's hot, dude. Oh my God. Is it great? And I'm like, yeah, it is. You know, but it's just, that's how guys are. All guys want pics. It's so funny. Dino bites. There you go. <laughs> Yes, Emily, Dino Bites. That's that's exactly what it is. Uh, but that's how it is, man. Uh, so starting over, uh, again, it's it was the most painful thing I've ever been through, and I never want to go through it again. I don't I don't wish it upon anybody, but it happens. But it, you can survive it. And I found out, I guess this is the most important lesson, that your mindset, this up here, this brain, this little matter, whatever it is, this dictates if you're going to make it or not. If you are just, like I said, consumed with, the, I'm a failure. I failed my kids. I hate my ex-wife. She left me for another man. If you're just consumed with all that, it's going to destroy you. Especially if you then go into vices like alcohol and things like that. And I advise you not to do that because, again, your kids love you, right? If you have kids, your kids love you. They don't want to see daddy destroy themselves. Don't do that. Be the, Prove to them that daddy's going to be fine. And you can make it through it, man. If there's no kids... I can, oh my God, you know what? I, I guess I can speak to this clearly, but if I didn't have kids and went through a divorce, I think it would have been worse for me because my kids gave me like a beacon. That was my beacon of light. Like, okay, I'm going to prove to them that I'm going to be fine. If I didn't have that beacon and it had everybody abandoned me, I probably would be in a horrible place. I probably wouldn't be here talking to you. I honestly, I'm 100% honest. So, wow, I never thought about that, thought about it that way from that perspective. So um, if you don't have kids, find a circle, like start a new circle of trust, uh, people that are going to help support you, people that you know you can count on. If your friends aren't answering the phone or replying to them, make new friends, but get out, get, get involved in communities, start healthy habits, like maybe bike, going on a bike. I know a lot of people like after a breakup tend to go to the gym. The gym's fine. Do the gym, but don't forget about this. This is all that matters, this brain. You need to work on the mental health piece. You can look great and look awesome and have a six-pack and have muscles, but in my experience, the people with the best bodies are the ones that are the most messed up, up there. It's sad to say. Not everybody. Again, not everybody, but the ones that I've met. They got the most problems. I guess that's what they say the most beautiful women are the most insecure. Let me go to some comments real quick. Oh, uh, what you think about dating a woman with kids? I don't want to grow close to another man's kids. That's a tough one. Uh, I dated a few single mothers, but again, I because I had kids, I preferred that life because our schedules were more or less aligned. But if she has kids, I would say be cautious with that. I mean, I never let my kids meet anybody super fast. And if they're introducing you to the kids super fast, that's a red flag in my opinion, because that's telling me she doesn't care who her kids meet. And she's not selective or cautious with protecting that sacred space. That's a huge red flag for me, to be honest. So that would be, uh, I would be cautious with that. But again, it would break my heart, honestly, if I got to know somebody 
and they had a kid and we had a great relationship. We started doing trips and then we break up because now it's hard on the kid and you involved. So I would advise against it. But again, if you do encounter somebody who does have kids, just be cautious with your heart and just slowly take your time. You know, you're not going to be in love with them in the first couple of months. You're just infatuated with them. Just be cautious with that whole relationship approach and be sure they have a great co-parenting relationship with their father. Like the kids got a father, make sure that the father situation's in place because if it's drama and he's just a piece of shit father, who's always causing your grief and every text he sends her, she's just blowing up in anger. Why do you want to get involved in that situation? Don't, if they, if they, if they have a healthy relationship, that's great. That's, that's awesome. But if, why do you want to be in, thrown in that toxic pool? If, if their life's a mess, you see what I'm saying? And I'm talking to TikTok, everybody here who's listening. So I hope that helps, man. MJ's Uniques. Uh, Rudy uh, here just showed up. Has she ever apologized? I'm in a similar situation. I'm assuming you're talking to um, the ex-wife. Yeah, we've apologized to each other. I mean, we've moved on. Uh, some of the other relationships I've had, no, no. But uh, the ex-wife and I, we're, we're at peace, man. We're very cool with each other. We're, we're like great friends. I mean, but uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to do a video. I text her today. I'm like, Hey, uh, give me five tips on how to, uh, uh, how to have a great marriage. And she goes, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make a video. <laughs> Say, Hey, here's a video from the ex-wife. Here's her tips. She laughs. So we get along great, man. But yeah, we've apologized. Let's see here. Never ever poison your children against your ex. Yeah. Never do that. No, hell no. Hell no. New wave, man. Uh, why do you think so many people weren't there for you during the post marriage period? Well, I know it was because of the reasons I know I like I've made, I've been clear about, I wasn't a great husband. I made some stupid mistakes at the end. Uh, but I know the ex-wife, <laughs> she, what she did is she went on a, uh, a like a brand, uh, tour. In other words, she destroyed my brand. She told everybody, I'm very quiet when it comes to the problems. Like if I'm having problems with my relationship, I'm not going to tell my friends. I'm going to kind of keep them to myself. Uh, but once we decided to do that, she told everybody all my faults and everything I did. And uh, I was painted as painted out to be the villain. And uh, I think that's one of the key reasons they turned on me. But for those who didn't know, uh, they just chose not to be there. Again, for those who didn't know the, the situation or the, all the drama, they just chose to stay away from that. Some of the, a lot of them were the church folks. And I've said this many times that the church folks were probably the worst out of everybody because you expected church to kind of circle and kind of, hey, brother, I know you're going through a bad time. We're going to pray for you. No, like divorce is abomination. No, no, we got nothing to do with you. So you're, you're judged. Everyone's going to judge you. Everyone's going to look at you and say the worst things about you. But I know that was a piece of it. But it's also, like I said, you're, you're looked upon as bad luck. And uh, the idea, especially if you're doing great in the post-divorce life and you're sleeping with beautiful women, <laughs> like I was doing, like, hey, chick who I'm dating and all this, you don't want to put ideas in, the, in your friend's mind or the wives don't want you putting ideas in your friend's mind because now they're going to think, wow, Rudy's living it up. There is life after divorce. Maybe I should get divorced. So it's a lot of just protecting what they have. And that's the, that's the truth. That is the truth. Uh, I don't have time to mess with games. Nobody does. Games are a waste of time, especially after a divorce. Okay, and here's the last topic, everybody. Number five. Where are we at? 926. Okay, another 15 minutes. And again, if you haven't done so already, please, Super Chats are definitely appreciated. Uh, if you haven't done so, subscribe to the YouTube, to my YouTube channel, Root uh, Root, uh, the Root Advice, Root Advice with Rudy A is what it's called. Root Advice with Rudy A. 
just go subscribe to YouTube. I have 20 over 2,500 subscribers. I really want to get to 10,000 before the end of the year. Help me get there. I'm asking, help me get there. I really want this channel to succeed. And it's only going to succeed with your help. I'm going to give you all the best content I can with hours of research. That's all I ask. Uh, Super chats are definitely appreciated. Uh, again, tick, uh, Facebook, if you want to give the stars, that, that would be wonderful as well. And for everybody on TikTok, any tips or anything you want to throw at me for the advice I'm giving, I would appreciate. If not, I'm going to start doing those like uh, N NPC lives where I can make $1,600. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I can never do that, by the way. Um, the last one, the last topic here we have is, let's see here. Realistic expectations on intimacy and what either partner expects as a whole. Uh, let's Okay, let's talk about that as far as marriage, because this is where the, the conversation was geared. Uh, like I said, I'm reading a lot of divorce attorney books, and it turns out like infidelity, cheating, it always comes up, and it always comes to with rooted with uh, sex. Like the other person's not willing to have it anymore for whatever reason, and that's a common denominator. I mean, again, that, when I've told my story, that's why I kind of went another way. And, and cheated on the ex-wife. That wasn't the main reason. It was more of an emotional need, but the sex, that was, that was a big piece of it. And the one thing I'm going to recommend to everybody, as far as learning from my mistakes and all the other divorces that have come about before you and everybody, is that, look, be 100% honest with somebody. If you're considering marriage with somebody, right? If you want to marry this person, be upfront with your sexuality and what your interests are. If, for example, in one book I'm reading, this one guy saying he, the, one of his client was into feet. He loved feet. There's a there's a foot fetish, right? There's the, that that exists. That's not me, but for some people they love that. And he told his wife that, hey, this is what I need. I need this, and she's like, oh, that's gross. I'm not gonna do that. And he said, well, it's just your feet. I just want to do these things, <laughs> do these things. And she didn't want to do anything with her feet. And he's like. He asked for years and years and years, and finally he had an affair with somebody, but it wasn't an intercourse affair. It was just a foot thing, but she filed anyway. And it's a lesson that he says like, hey, you know what? If, if your spouse is asking for something and it's not disrespectful, it doesn't make you feel inferior, and it's not something that's just demeaning you in a weird, in, a, in an awkward way, he says, explore it. Just try it out. And see if it works out for you. And if it doesn't, just say you tried it. But again, try for them. Like if my love witch right now told me she was in defeat, I'm like, hey, whatever you want. Just tell me whatever you want. <laughs> I'll do whatever you want to your feet. Just tell me. But I think we should be open before saying I do, before proposing. You should have that conversation regarding sexuality. How important is it to you? From one to 10, babe, how important is it to you? If she says nine, great. If, if, if no, for the guy, if he says nine, great. If she says three, then it's not going to work. It's not going to work. If, if she says anything like two points less than where you're at, it's not going to work. You need to find somebody who's at your equivalent of that and is also willing to explore any items that you want to. And it's I'm, I've been getting a lot. I've said this earlier, but I've been getting a lot of emails from a lot of people, men and women, who have said that they found out that their wife was bisexual and that she's always been bisexual, but she never told me. So she's been living a lie. I've had women tell me with the messages they send me that my husband's gay. I didn't know he's been living a lie this whole time. We weren't honest with each other because you're so caught up in getting married, having kids and buying that home that you rushed it. You didn't talk about that and you lied to each other. You weren't honest. And now your marriage is ending five, 10 years down the road because they're tired of living a lie. So don't do that. Be honest with each other. Whatever 
the the intimacy is, whatever the frequency is, have that conversation up front and know that, okay, my husband wants this. I want this. We're going to do our best to keep that up. And of course, things happen. You know, kids definitely, we have a kid right now. Kids change everything. Kids uh, turn lovers into co-parents. And you got to find space and time to be lovers. And you can't forget that. So there's all life changes. If, uh, you know, con conditions change and you got to roll with them. You got to roll. With them and you understand that, like I said earlier, you get to a point in life where you understand frequency doesn't mean it's good. You can have like four sex four or five times a week because, you know, guys like including me when I was younger. Yeah, we want to have it five times a week, whatever, three times a week. But you're doing it and it's not great because the intensity is not there. It's not the frequency. It's the intensity you want to focus on. So when you do have it, it's wonderful and impactful. So you got to work on things out and understand that needs change as well. Things change. So you have to be open to that. There, there can't be a hard stop. There really can't. If there's like, a, you just don't want to have sex anymore. I'm done. Like, I don't find you attractive or I hate you, whatever the case is. Then it's over. There's nothing you can do to fix it. There's no amount of counseling that's going to make you not hate them. And if you're not attracted to them, there's no amount of counseling that's going to make you not be attracted to them. So again, if, if, if it ever gets to a point where there's just no means to improve or the other person says, nope, I don't want to do that, then you come to an impasse. And what do you do? Like I said, you got a few options. One, you can just say, all right, I don't need that as much. I guess I can live without it and move on. Stay married. Two, you can get divorced and get that need somewhere else. Or three, I know this is unpopular, but a lot of people are saying to, to try the open marriage piece. A lot of people are, do, are doing that. Uh, the failure rate on that is pretty high, but it works for some. But you can try that as well. But again, I mean, I've, I've had guys who've messaged me and said, my wife doesn't want to give me a BJ anymore. And I've gone four years without one. And she doesn't want to do it. She'll, she'll maybe entertain it for my birthday, but I'm only getting it once a year. But I want them. And I'm like, wow, okay, so ladies, what is he, come on, what, what, what's he supposed to do? I mean, maybe there's some things on his end that he's not doing and making her feel sexy. There could be a slew of things. He's not helping her on the house. He's not doing something, and I hope he recognizes that. Um, and if he's doing everything he can on his part to make her feel more comfortable, more sexy, or more intimate, and it's still not there because she just doesn't want to do it, what do you expect a guy to do? Honestly, what do you expect a guy to do? This woman just messaged me a couple months, a couple uh, days ago. She says, I've been, my, my husband doesn't satisfy me. We've talked about it and he doesn't want to do anything to help fix it. It's been 10 years. I need this. What do I do? What do you do? What do you expect them to do? This is your partner for better or for worse. You, you made vows. You committed to have and to hold. The hold part is the intimacy, by the way, if you didn't know. To have and to hold. It's not just holding each other. That's the actual intimacy piece. You have to talk. And I, and I think to, to protect your marriage and to ensure your marriage is going to be the best possible marriage it can be, you have to have those conversations. This is what I need. This is what gets me off. This is what I like. I mean, I, I'm so open when it comes to things like that, guys. Like uh, whatever like I, videos I see on the, you know, the, the hub, I send them to the love witch. This is what I like. Just so you know, this is what I'm into. Send me what you like. That's that's a level of security and intimacy we have. I don't. I'm not scared of what she may judge me on. This is what I like. I just want you to know that. So that's that's where you want to be. That's where you want to be to have those to be able to have those conversations with your partner, and not have the fear of being judged 
or like a ex or just like um attacked if that makes any sense so again i think that's it, it's hard to talk about like hold on here somebody's saying here it's hard to talk about like i'm begging i'm assuming with your husband right wow i mean hold on i'm just addressing a comment on TikTok. well all i can say is be vocal let it out tell him what you need tell him what you need and that's the best you can do I mean, communicate with him, let him know this is what I need and this is what I need you help, to help me get there. You have to express your, your needs to him. Uh, you know what there's, you know, I was thinking about, I'm making a video right now about mistakes I made in my marriage. And one of the mistakes I made was not speaking up. For whatever reason, I think a lot of us are in a marriage or in a relationship where you have so much to say and you don't want to say it. There's sometimes, I remember there are a few nights when I was married where I'm in bed next to her and I'm trying to get it out of my mouth. I'm trying to have the conversation and I didn't want, I couldn't for whatever reason, I couldn't, I couldn't let it out. And maybe if I did let it out and talk to her, it would have saved the marriage. Maybe it would have, we'll never know. But I know we've all been there where you feel you can't talk to them, but that's the best thing you can do. If you feel you can't, what other options do you have? You have to talk to them. And you have to just let, let it out. And at least you know at the end of the night when all is said and done that I tried talking to him. I expressed to him my exact needs and what he needed to do. And he still didn't meet me halfway. He still didn't want to do anything to work on it. What choice do you have? And I'm sorry that, like you said, you're begging for it. I, I, nobody should be begging for it, but it's a need that you just cannot ignore. I'm sorry. I really am. I, I really am. But the good news is if you get divorced, there's going to be plenty of guys out there that are going to be <laughs> that are going to help you meet that need. I promise. My God. Uh, New Wave Man, how effective do you think therapy is for marriage? Um, this will be a couple last questions, then I'll end the live, everybody. Therapy is as good. How can I say this without being <laughs> without being like a jerk? Uh, again, I'm reading a book right now from James Sexton. The title of the book's called, If You're in My Office, It's Already Too Late. He said therapy is a waste of time. You're prolonging the inevitable. Uh, therapy is not going to work. There's a, because what you have to understand is that humans, people, adults, especially as adults, it's, it's a behavioral learning uh, discussion. And we, I think we're all guilty of being set in our ways, right? At a certain point about how we, we, we react to things, how we face things and how we confront problems, et cetera. Once you're set in your ways, it's difficult to change your behavior because we're all creatures of habit, right? But if you have somebody who's willing to change, I mean, really change and make give them give a full effort into therapy, it can work. But again, divorce attorneys are saying you're just prolonging the inevitable. It's a waste of time because they said they, they 98% of the time if it, it fails because it's, it's over with by now it's over. But again, especially if you're dealing with somebody who's difficult to, to live with. So ther therapy, that's my opinion. And I, like I said, I tried therapy for what, three years, marriage counseling, marriage therapy. I'm divorced. So <laughs> again, it, it's all a behavioral thing. Uh, let's see here. 
Angels Among Us. I'm 43, never been married, rather be alone. I attract weird men. Okay. Uh, needy, immature, and greedy. That rhymes. My age, but like, but act 20. Sullivan for two and a half years on purpose, waiting for that man. I'll wait forever. Well, good for you. Be, be selective. I mean, again, uh, if you're not married and you're, allow, out, and you're out there, you're the gatekeeper to who you allow in your life. So that's awesome. Continue to do that. I mean, I hope you don't have to wait forever. But you attract weird men, so maybe it's a pattern that you're doing. Maybe you're going to the same place. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know where you're attracting these guys. Maybe it's a dating app. I don't know, but that's pretty odd. The nerdy's cool. What's wrong with nerdy? <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, I'm trying to go back and forth on platforms before I end the live. Starting that conversation when you feel you can't is so hard. Lori, I've been there, but you can. Do it. Don't make the same mistake I did. Have that conversation. Thank you for the tip. Is it Andy? Damn it, I love you, girl. Thank you so much. Have the conversation. Think about it. If you don't, you're never, if you're not vocal on what you need, it's you're never gonna get what you want. I did all that, but I was told what you have to do then, shaking my head. Yeah, that's that's one thing that's heartbreaking as a guy is when you could finally. First off, guys are very, it's very tough for guys to actually share their thoughts. And then when we finally articulate that, it's very heartbreaking when the other person didn't listen. They were just waiting to talk and just say, well, what about you when you do this? Like, fuck, did you listen to me? Did you hear anything I said? That's another tip I can, I'm going to throw out there to everybody. If you're in a relationship or marriage and your partner's telling you something, don't be waiting to talk. Just listen to what they have to say. Lucy Anderson, I'm 27 and wondering how hard I should try to date. How many hours week sound appropriate to you and finding the one is the goal? Oh my God. Uh, it's, I wish I could answer that and tell you, okay, I want you to dedicate eight hours a week. It's, it's not that simple. Uh, I would stay away from dating apps. In my opinion, even though I did meet my fiance on a dating app on hinge, by the way, <laughs> I was going to recommend any dating app. It'd be Match and Hinge. Those are the ones I had the best success with. I could never get anybody on Bumble. A lot of white girls on Bumble. I guess white girls weren't attracted to me, whatever the case was. Anyway, I'm neither here or there. But anyway, <laughs> uh, try to meet people organically, maybe through friends or like if you have like a hobby, if it's yoga, cycling, art class, whatever the case, try to meet somebody organically in the wild, like the way it used to be. Uh, I think that's the best approach. And I've always, if with everybody I've interviewed on my podcast, I'm like 45 episodes deep, right? And there's like at least 30, maybe 30, 30, 25 of them of people who are like in great relationships, including my own. You always find the person, uh, the person you've been waiting for when you're not looking. And it's funny how that works. So I, I would recommend going about your life, uh, but put yourself out there, like go out, be involved, get yourself involved in social engagements and uh just talk to people organically and you might find somebody i'm pretty sure you will find somebody that way versus dating apps because i'm hearing a lot of negative things on that piece and then you might encounter a lot of guys who know how to play the game and know what to say to get you to meet them someplace uh but that's what i would say just uh, go about your life but when you do have time go to that place even the nights you don't want to go if you're invited to like a social gathering and you don't want to go 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 for a couple of hours you never know some of the best nights i've ever had in my life were the nights I said no to. And then like, you know what? I'll be there. Try that. But put yourself out there. Again, whatever habits you love, go explore and meet people that way. That's my advice. 
And the one, be careful with that because there's never the one. For example, uh, again, I'm engaged, but prior to my, my love witch, who I call my love witch, right? I thought the perfect woman I had in my mind. It was like a checklist of five things, right? And she had to be a single mother because I wanted to match somebody who was a single mother. She had to look a certain way, big booty, breasts, and all this superficial, stupid shit, right? And you meet somebody, and it, she checked all the boxes. I'm like, this is the one. Oh, my God, this is the one. I was so ecstatic. I was so excited. I was ready to go. And uh, turns out she was the most toxic woman I've ever met in my life. And she did a number on me. She cheated on me twice. She cheated on me once. I loved her so much I forgave her. Stupid me. And she cheated on me again two months after the fact. So your dream man, whatever it is, whatever boxes you have, I assure you may not be the dream man you think it is. And then my love, which comes along, who is totally different. And she's the woman I've always wanted. The one that I didn't think existed, who gave me faith in humanity again. So you'd be surprised. So that's my advice. And again, Lucy, oh my God, thank you. I, I love the, the tip 666. Yes. Awesome. And thank you. Where's my applause? I don't have an applause button. There you go. Thank you. Thank you for the super chat. Lucy, this is my first super chat in over almost a month. So thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. That means a lot to me. I love that name for her, Love Witch. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a movie. It's a, I don't know if you've seen the movie on Amazon, but I named her after that movie because she looks like the Love Witch and she put me under her spell and all that shit. Let's see here. Finding the one. <laughs> oh my god that's funny that's not true i dated two white girls but the, most of them didn't like me. i think i wasn't tall enough and i get that most most white girls are tall but i was like five nine and i've shrunk into five eight so i don't know what the hell's going on you get you get shorter the older you get by the way that's what i've heard but again thank you so much for the super chat i don't know what that means no way <laughs> yeah Everybody, um, hold on. Uh, Andy, okay, okay here's, a, here's a quote on TikTok here. A quote. Here's a, a comment on TikTok. Andy, who's a good friend of mine, she's a, a beautiful cosplayer. She's super talented and, you know, I love her stuff. She's just put here, I didn't like her at all. She's talking about my ex. Your ex gave me weird vibes. Yeah, because she was insecure and you're pretty. So that's what it was. Dating apps are the worst. Well, I mean, I, if, it depends on what you're looking for. Like I said, you have to just know how to play the game. That's all. Uh, let's see. Wife left the house with young adults looking for space to find herself for three about three months ago. Holy shit. Okay, hold on. Uh, everybody, time out. I want to get to this real quick. And again, Lucy, again, thank you for the super chat. I want to keep celebrating that. Uh, uh, Al Alien says, your wife left the house with young adults looking for space and to find herself about three months ago. Oh my God. Okay. I have, I'm vested now, dude. So did, do you know, has she contacted you? How long have you been married? Did she give you any signals or signs about this? Because she's probably with her high school sweetheart or some of the case that, that who she, she's seen right now, but I'm sorry, man. And by the way, everybody who's listening, if your person, if the person you're dating is asking for space, don't give it to them. I mean, actually, give them all the space they want. But I'm not going to be waiting for you. I'm done. 
Yeah, come on, Paul. Tell them what's up. Live watching three likes. I had I had about fifteen earlier, but again, it's late. I've got to try. I got to try to um, maybe broadcast in the mornings like you do or something like that. But yeah, don't ever give. Okay, twenty five years. Uh, wow. Okay, so you're saying your spouse and you were married twenty five years and she just got up and left. Yeah. Uh, did you guys get married young? Did you guys get married like in your early twenties? Under twenty five. Did you guys get married to under twenty five? He says, yes. Yeah. I don't mean to uh, dismiss your event, man, but he says, yes, and yes. He got married young and under 25. It, it, it happens more often than you think, and that's why I'm a proponent, and everybody who's listening, do not get married in your 20s. <laughs> get married at least late 20s, early 30s, because, again, you have situations like this poor guy here. Again, uh, I don't know your name. Your alien is what it says. My heart goes out to you, man, because, again, you thought your life was solidified. You thought things were great, and then they just pick up and left because – I get that panic because, like, again, I get the stories all the time where people say they got married young and they never explored that recklessness. They didn't explore becoming a dancer, doing something for themselves because they dedicated their marriage and life to somebody. And now they realize that life's coming to an end. Maybe there's uh, a midlife crisis. Women have them too, right? And they panic and leave. And they want to go explore that individuality that I keep preaching everybody needs to find before they get married. You see, so here's an example. And I feel bad for this guy. He's asking, should I move on? I think she made the decision for you, man. And again, uh, I hate, one thing I, I, I don't like, and this is nothing tied or directed to you, bro. It's just like when you talk to people online and they, they're asking you for life advice, like that's going to give them the answer to either go left or right. I hate giving that answer because I don't know all the details. And I'd hate to give you the wrong advice and lead you astray. And I'm going to do this because the guy on the internet said so. I think that's not the right thing to do. I truthfully mean that, man. But uh, she she's made a lot of she made a decision for you. She's gone. She's you you haven't heard from her in three months. She left, and she didn't have the the heart or the balls to tell you where she was going. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. I really am. But everybody, again, who's listening, again, this is just reinforces what I've always said. Don't rush into marriage and find out who you are as an individual before committing your life to somebody because you'll end up 25 years like this poor guy or woman. I mean, there's, it happens all the time. Women, uh, men pick up and leave women all the time just like this because, again, they realize they've dedicated their life and they don't know who they are. It's a panic. So find out who you are first, please. <laughs> And everyone's telling him to move on. Yep, move on. It's for the best. It's not easy, no matter what. But he can do it, man. Again, man, my heart goes out to you, man. Uh, it really does. But everybody, I'm going to go ahead and end this live right now. Like I told my, my love witch that I would dedicate, that my lives weren't going to be four hours anymore. I'm going to dedicate them for an hour and a half or less. But again, everybody, thank you. Who uh, Again, um, let me give you a shout out one more time. Where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? Lucy, thank you for the first super chat in over a month and a half. Thank you, Lucy, so much. You're the best. I really do appreciate that more than you know. I do put a lot of hard work into these shows. I'm talking hours of it, and I do appreciate little glances of gestures like this. It really does mean the world to me. But again, to everybody who's watching, thank you for the engagement. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for uh, participating in my live. Please share this live with others who you think who need it. And if you have done so already, like I said, I want to hit uh, 10,000 subscribers before the end of the year. I'm going to bust my ass for you. It, just show some show, show some appreciation on the other end and subscribe to the channel. 
leave some comments, watch a video, hit a like button. Let me know that you're out there listening. That would mean more than you know to me. All right. So again, everybody, thank you for watching. Good night. Take care. And I'll see you later.